It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire back hitting you guys up here as we were rolling through training camp and just over a week away from the start of the preseason when the Panthers take on the Bears. And really excited to... Have this episode today um, with the Panthers being off on Tuesday. Uh, great opportunity. We have Josh Klein on the show. Very excited to have him on from the Rye Report. Josh, welcome to the podcast, man. Been wanting to get you on for some time. Glad to finally get you on here and chat with you. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, Thanks for having me. Al, no problem, man. Um, Josh and I met at the Combine, and uh, you know, it, was, it was a great time. Got to meet a lot of the Panthers writers out there, actually, and uh, all all great people. And like I said, getting Josh on here, really excited. So we'll just jump into it. Uh, Josh, obviously, you have a, a much better view of training camp than I do, you know, being a, a few hours away uh, up here in PA. Not, not easy to to really get a gauge for training cam. So we'll just kind of run through some things, you know, some notes that you might have. Uh, So the first thing I'll I'll ask you about, I think is kind of on the top of everybody's mind when they're thinking of the Panthers and that's Cam Newton. And a a lot of the reports so far is that uh, his shoulder looks great. He's throwing the ball. Well, what have you seen out of Cam uh, that, you know, might make you think he's a lot better than where he is this year. And that uh, the, you know, or should give Panthers fans confidence going into this year. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is that I've been able to see uh, the deep ball that he's been throwing this year looks a lot different than what he was doing last year. Last year, I feel like he was having some real issues um, finding that accuracy on the deep ball. So I was talking to a couple of other guys, and and we were trying to remember just how many deep balls he actually completed during camp last year. And we could really only come up with one uh, on an individual throw to uh, Torrey Smith that was downfield. And even that one, Torrey had to make kind of a circus one-handed catch. And this year, um, when Cam does kind of dial up that deep ball, it's 35, 40 yards downfield. And more impressively to me is that it's accurate. It's on time. It hits guys in stride. You know, when he reared back during the training camp kickoff on Thursday night and hit Curtis Samuel 40 yards downfield, I mean, 
just to see him do that without having to think about it, without having to kind of go through in his mind, can my body get this there? Does the shoulder work? Can my arm do this? Uh, and just do it as naturally as we know that he can. Uh, it, it was just good to see. And I think that, you know, you never want to throw parades five days into training camp, but I, I think that this is a good sign. And it, again, you don't want to overstate it. You don't want to announce that Cam Newton is 100% healthy and, and get ready for 2015 again. But I do, uh, I have high hopes, and I think that this is definitely a step in the right direction. No, and I agree. And I've I've been saying this too, you know, it, it is early, but I think just from where we are now to where this team was in the second half, there's, there's obviously, or at least it feels like there, it's a much bigger jump. They're on a much higher level than they were. So I'm, I'm definitely very excited to see what, uh, what he can do going forward in, in training camp and especially in the, in the preseason. Um, and kind of on that note, what, what are you expecting in the preseason? Because we've saw some years where Newton played maybe like one play or one series in the preseason. Are you expecting a little more playing time out of him in the preseason? Or what do you think, you know, how cautious do you think they're going to be with him in the preseason? I I think uh, as far as more training camp or more playing time, I think they might go the other way and maybe limit him a little bit in games. Uh, To me, it's not as important for him to get out there and show and try to build reps with these guys as it is to see, uh, to make sure that he's a hundred percent healthy for the Los Angeles one and not only that they really want to see what they have in these backup quarterbacks you know they, they want to be able to get Will Greer on the field in some live situations they want to see if Kyle Allen can do what he did against the Saints in week 17 uh, against some of these defenses in the preseason because this is it's it's going to be important who gets that backup spot and not only that they have three guys competing for in my mind two spots and while it seems like Taylor Heineke is kind of the odd man out, uh, certainly has been the case thus far during camp, um, you know, they're only just one injury away. So I think they definitely want to see what Will Greer has. They want to see what Kyle Allen has. And then obviously the most important thing about the preseason is coming out completely healthy. So I, I don't think that you want to expose Cam Newton to, uh, to injury during the preseason when the games don't count. I'm glad you brought up the back because I was just about to ask about that too. So you kind of already touched on the the backup quarterback situation, and it seems like Will Greer right now does at least have uh, the inside track to that number two role. How has he looked so far uh, in his first in his first training camp? Um, you know, I think that he has been coming along really, uh, really nicely. For me, it's it's been about it's less about his arm strength and and his physical ability and more about how he can see uh, see the field, make the right decision, make the right read, put the ball in the right place at the right time. Uh, you know, he has the ability to throw the ball. It's just a matter of um, when he does it and if he does it to the correct person. So I think that that is a bigger hurdle for him, for any rookie quarterback, really, to, to make that jump from college to the NFL. And I think that when you look at um, the past few days – he has really been kind of showing off that deep ball. And, and one of my favorite things about Will Greer thus far has been the touch that he shows on those deep balls. It, it seems like every time that he puts it kind of up in the air, it is dropping softly into the hands and over the shoulder of these wide receivers. They, they just kind of turn around and put their hands out and it's right there. And that was something that we noticed in college. Uh, those deep balls 
Greer. It's more about the intermediate throws and having the right zip on those crossing routes, the out routes, that they're not getting jumped by corners, um, which I think is still something that he's got to work on. But for me, I think he's kind of showing everything that he can as a rookie quarterback, um, especially, you know, five days into camp. Um, he's going to get better and better as time goes by. They drafted him to be the starting quarterback in the future and not even necessarily here in Carolina. Uh, maybe Will Greer is on the Jimmy Garoppolo plan where if Cam Newton comes out and plays 16 games and, and looks like kind of the Cam Newton that we know that he can be, um, then I think that you know Will Greer becomes a nice trade chip, as does Kyle Allen in my mind. Um, so these guys are, are players that um, – that don't necessarily have to succeed on the Panthers to be successful for the Panthers, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And from what I gather, at least with some of these media reports, it does seem like he's gotten the most time so far with the, with the second team. Is that right? Uh, yeah, he, they've been rotating um, on a daily basis, but he has been getting a, a couple more of the, the second team reps. And the one day that Cam Newton did sit out from team drills, uh, Will Greer got the, um, got the start so uh, or played with the first team. So I think right now they're they're still evaluating who they want to be the backup, but it would be, to be perfectly frank, I think it would be shocking if they did not go into the season with three quarterbacks on the roster. Because with Cam Newton's health, you know, obviously you want to wish the best and and uh, and assume that he's going to be healthy for all 16 games. But you know, wishing is not as is not as practical as actually preparing so you can hope that he's going to be healthy but it probably makes more sense to have two backups on the roster and I don't think that Kyle Allen Taylor Heineke or Will Greer would survive the practice squad from a roster standpoint so I think you kind of have to carry both of those guys two of them uh, and I agree I, th I think they're going to end up with three as well and I'm kind of with you it seems like Heineke right now is kind of the odd man out but obviously a long way to go before we get to to final cuts um, I want to shift gears. Uh... This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Support for Locked On Panthers comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% at manscaped.com with the promo code locked on. Support also comes from Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Plus, for every Bombas purchase, they donate a pair to someone in need. Find out more about what feet daydream about at bombas.com slash locked today and get 20% off at bombas.com slash locked. And make sure you listen to the all new. Locked on NFL with expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked on NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. I want to shift gears now to the defense. 
uh, particularly the uh, we'll we'll start with the change in the three four, and it's as expected. Uh, it is Poe short and uh, McCoy on the front, and then uh, Keekley Shaq on the inside. Addison and Irvin have been on the edge, and it, it seems like it's been that way from the start. Um, how have they adapted? How have they adapted to the to the new three four look? And what's your sense on what the rotations on both those levels could be during the season? Well, I, I guess we'll attack the, the second one first. The, the rotations, Ron Rivera, Eric Washington, these guys, they like they like to use a lot of rotations up front because they know how important it is for um, for these guys to stay fresh. And, you know, they I remember, um, I think it was Kwan Short last year said um, that the offensive lineman has to play 100% of the snaps. So if I get to come off for three snaps and then come back in, um, then uh, then I don't have to. Then I'm fresh, and he's been out there trying to block Vernon Butler or Kyle Love or one of these other guys, and and I get to be 100% fresh. So I think you're going to see a, a rotation. You're going to see Vernon Butler. You're going to see Kyle Love. Um, you're going to see. You're certainly going to see a lot of Brian Burns on the outside. Um, you're probably going to be seeing some of these other guys. Maybe Christian Miller is going to get some run. Um, but I think that they're they're certainly going to rotate. But I think that those front three, uh, McCoy, Poe, and Short, um, they're they're going to wreak havoc on the inside. I, I talked a lot to um, some guys over the weekend, just asking them what it's like to have uh, three guys up front that are all going to demand a double team and three of those guys can't be double teamed on every play. And so when you have Gerald McCoy doesn't get singled up very often. And when he does get singled up, he tends to win those matchups. Same thing for uh, uh, Brian Burns. I asked him about, um, you know, when, how much attention he got in college and it, whether he could, um, you know, how, how excited he was to kind of not to be, the the odd man out not be the guy that every offensive line focuses on and he his eyes lit up and he said you know if I'm one-on-one -on -one, I'm going to win that matchup every time so I, I think that that is really going to be the key is getting these one-on-one -on -one matchups for these pass rushers and letting them kind of let them rip and if they can win one-on-one -on -one, it, it's going to be trouble for opposing offenses and uh well real quick on Burns how how has he looked you know, kind of sticking with the rookies. What what have you taken away from Brian Burns? And it seems like he's gotten some matchups too with the other rookie, Greg Little. Uh, how has how has that kind of gone so far? Yeah, I think that, uh, that Brian Burns looks as advertised. Uh, that get off that is the reason why they drafted him is his ability to kind of go from uh, in in the defensive stance to in the backfield immediately. And there have been times when he skirts around a tackle, whether it's Daryl Williams, whether it's uh, Taylor Moten, whether it's, um, whether it's been Greg Little, and he's in the backfield, it seems like almost immediately. It seems like almost every, every practice session thus far, he's had kind of a flash play or a highlight where it's been really imp impressive for him. Um, so I, I've been impressed, again, Five days into camp, it's not it's not time to to get him a gold jacket, but he he looks he looks as advertised. I'm really excited to see what he looks like um, in full pads during the preseason when he's able to go up against uh, another tackle um, for another team. And I think that Greg Little, just to touch on this, uh, those those reps that we see, those drills, those are those are always going to be tilted toward the defense. Mm -hmm. um, so. 
So just like uh, a couple of years ago when there was video um, that, that we put out of, uh, of Christian McCaffrey kind of juking out Luke Keekley and everybody wanted to freak out and say that, uh, that Luke had lost a step and whatever, but th- he really had no chance in that drill. And it's kind of similar that um, with a one-on-one run- pass blocking drill. Um, but at the same time, I think they, they haven't seen from, uh, from Greg Little quite yet what they are hoping to see. See, I think that he can still get a little bit better, and uh, and I think that he's going to grow and learn from guys like Taylor Moten and Daryl Williams. And they, uh, you know, they they brought in, they they signed Daryl Williams to a six million dollar deal, likely to start. So I think he's going to get every opportunity to start a left tackle. And then if Greg Little can kind of come along slowly and maybe be in that Taylor Moten mold of sitting for a year and then getting his opportunity later. I think that is a path for success for, for somebody like Greg Little. Um, and I'd kind of talked about Little. Does it feel like he has a chance to maybe crack the starting lineup? And if he does, would that kick Darrell Williams to left guard? Or does it feel like uh, the most likely scenario right now is going to be uh, Williams at left tackle and Van Roten at left guard? Yeah, it, it's it's hard to say because it's – it's five days into camp. I, I one of the things that um, one of my my friends, uh, Vincent Richardson, the writes for the Riot Report, he was quick to point out that you know at this point last year, Kevon Seymour was the starting corner, and Dante Jackson maybe was going to get some looks at nickel, and then all of a sudden, Kevon Seymour gets hurt, Ross Cocker gets hurt, Dante Jackson starting at corner, and and we all know what happened last year. So a lot can change in the in the month between training camp starting and. Um, and the regular season. But I think that as it stands right now, you know, if the season were, if there was a game on Sunday, I think we'd be seeing Daryl Williams at left tackle. Right. Um, One player I did want to touch on too, while we were discussing the front seven real quick, uh, is F.A. Obad. I'm really curious how he's been performing so far this camp. Yeah, it's, Obad is kind of in a tough spot because he, especially as he's kind of learning how to play football, um, uh, you could really see the growth that he had um, just from the beginning of the year into the into the end of the year. Just uh, every game, it seemed like he got better and better, and he he was learning how to play and what to do with his body, what to do with his hands. And I, I think that that is um, this this change from a three, four three to a three four primarily. Um, it does hurt Obata. I think he's gotten a lot bigger. I think that he gets um, he's been getting some reps at kind of that. Uh, that outside DN three four, but I also think that there is uh, there are going to be some times when the Panthers run up a, a four man front and a little bit more of that traditional Panthers look that you're used to, and and I know that they really do like FA Abada, so I, I think that he is competing just like he was last year. He's competing for his spot, and it's going to take uh, an impressive show both in training camp and in the preseason for him to make it. But if there's anybody that the entire fan base that everybody in the media, that everybody in the world is rooting for to make the team, it's F.A. Abada. I mean, the, the nicest guy in the world. He's out there early. He stays late. Um, I mean, uh, nothing but good, great things to say about F.A. Abada. Oh, for sure. That was definitely one of the feel-good stories last year, and especially if he could make the team th- this year with them having the, the, uh, the game in London in week six. That would be, that would be quite the heartwarming story. Yeah, it certainly would. I mean, there, it all the stories kind of write themselves. So, mm-hmm. so it's uh, 
you know, you let's hope so. But I, I think that, you know, they I know that they really like him. And I think it's just going to be a matter of exact of him uh, making that move, because the, the reality is, is these guys um, from 46 to 53 on the roster, um, they, they don't they're they're likely not going to be active very often. So it's really going to be a numbers game of is there are there going to be injuries somewhere else at wide receiver or at. Uh, on the offensive line where they have to carry a couple more guys or corner or something like that, or can they keep the 53 guys that they think uh, best help their team? Um, that That's what I think it might come down to for FA. This episode is brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be the perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text 5STAR to 87000 right now to learn more. Choosing to start your own business with 5STAR painting means setting yourself up for business by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and the best at business. With 5STAR painting, you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business, to meet your personal and professional goals, and you'll go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a five-star painting owner, you'll also be part of the greater Neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glass Doctor, and Mr. Rooter. So whether you've been thinking about starting your own business or you're already running your own painting company, text 5STAR to 87000 to learn more about how 5STAR Painting Franchise can help get you where you want to go faster than going at it alone. So again, text 5STAR to 87000-F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And support for the podcast also comes from Postmates, which is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. For a limited time, Postmates is giving Locked On listeners $100 in free delivery credit for your first seven days. So download the Postmates app and use the promo code Locked On. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We mentioned, or you mentioned Ross Cockrell earlier too, and I want to touch on him quick because it, you know, I've noticed he's gotten some reps at safety with Eric Reed, and it sounds like um, Ron Rivera just really likes his playmaking ability. And so I, I ended up writing a piece for The Wire actually, just looking at just the number of interceptions and takeaways the team has has had over the last couple of years, and it hasn't really been that many. But um, 
from your standpoint, you've obviously gotten to see a lot more reps of Cockrell. How has he fit in so far at safety? You know, is it just them trying to be versatile with him? And kind of on the flip side of that, what does this say about Rashawn Galden and his prospects? Uh, to me, it's it's not so much of an indictment of Rashawn Galden as everyone else is trying to is trying to make it. I think that what they're trying to do right now is they're trying to figure out who is the best possible answer at free safety. And I think they can't do that without at least giving Ross Cockrell a shot. And they, they really like his playmaking abilities, just like you said, and his kind of nose for the ball, the ability to go in there and get, uh, and go in there and get it. Uh, Rivera made reference to, um, to Kurt Coleman in 2015 with those seven interceptions. And he said that was such a huge part. And he said something interesting that, you know, um, having an improved pass rush helps obviously for sacks and fumbles and tackles. But if they, um, but if they if they're able to get to the quarterback and force mistakes, they need their guys to take advantage. So you know Dante Jackson has great ball skills. Um, James Bradbury not quite there yet, but when you look at um, you look at a guy like Ross Cockrell who um, had three interceptions uh, in kind of limited time and in, in, with the Giants his last year there, they they like his nose for the ball and his ability to make plays. So I think that that's going to be something why they may have given him that extra shot, but I'm not quite ready to write off Rashawn Golden uh, at that free safety spot. I think it's going to be a battle. That's why they call these things training camp battles, whether it's free safety, whether it's backup running back, whether it's backup quarterback, the battles are not won and lost. Yeah. No, absolutely. You're right. It's, you got to get these players on the field. It's all about tweaking and just seeing what you have. Like you said, Um, one guy I am, pretty excited though to see that he's been getting uh, some starter reps is a corn elder um is there a chance that he is the starting nickel does he seem like the favorite or because i know cole luke has gotten some some first team reps there as well what's that battle been like because like i said i've i've been pretty high or at least i've had faith in corn elder for a few years so i'm just curious what he's been like on the field yeah, I think that Cornelder uh, Cornelder has looked good at the nickel spot. I think it's the same thing with Cornelder and and Cole Luke as it was um, for Ross Cockrell and uh, and Rashawn Golden. That they want to get a look at both of these guys and not only how they match up against the the wide receivers of the first team, but how they um, how they interact with Dante Jackson, how they interact with uh, with James Bradbury and the other corners because the continuity on the back end is so important. That, that that's, I think, why they're both getting some looks early. I do know that the Panthers really like Cole Luke. Um, they it, When he was an undrafted free agent at 17, he was going to make the team. And then uh, right near right before the season started, uh, had an injury and went on, um, went on IR. And uh, they brought him back on the practice squad. They switched him from cornerback to safety. He's played both kind of extensively for this team uh, during practice. So those are the kind of stories and the kind of guys that, to me, Ron Rivera really likes. And um, he's going to get the shot at it. And I think that Cornelder got the first first team reps at nickel. And I think he's also going to – it's it's going to be a battle between those guys. Both of them have, have had their share of good plays and bad plays thus far. Um, but I, I'm going to be interested to see how it shakes out. I, I truly do believe this is one of those battles that may come down to um, the fourth uh, 
preseason game when both of those guys will likely get uh, long looks at nickel corner. But I think that both of those guys having the versatility, uh, Corn can play inside and outside. Cole Luke can play inside and a little bit of safety, a little bit of outside as well. So I think that those um, that versatility is really going to help them. And uh, you know, you never know. They may have both of those guys on the roster and kind of use a, a matchup-based approach as we go into the regular season. Good stuff. Um, I think we'll we'll get you out of here on this. There's obviously a lot of fantasy buzz between DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, um, myself included. I'm feeling this is the big breakout year for Curtis Samuel. How have these guys looked as the uh, the quote-unquote top two receivers in this offense now that Devin Funch is gone, the pressure kind of is falling on them? How have they kind of lived up to expectations so far? Well, you know, you look at uh, when you talk about MVPs of camp, it's one of the things that everybody likes to give out. And five practices in, I think, easily the uh, MVP of the offense is probably Curtis Samuel. He has a flash play every single practice. He looks like he's improved his route running. Um, and if he's – it's really just – it's not a question of talent for me. It's just a question of health. If he can stay on the field for 16 games, I think he's due for a huge leap. Um, it, it's, it's interesting – you mentioned DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel because obviously they kind of are, are held together. I think both of them have looked really good um, during camp so far. Uh, but again, it, it's it's a lot easier to look good in camp when nobody can hit you and uh, and you can't really. It's not going to get as physical. So these speed guys are kind of destined to look really good. Um, but uh, I have an interesting stat here that while, when you asked me, I looked it up because our friend uh, Court Smith wrote an article for us at the Riot Report. Um, he does great work, and he, uh, he stated this, that since 2000, there have only been 12 wide receivers to score over 100 fantasy points, and they were drafted in the first round at 21 years old. And those guys in year two averaged 116 targets, 69 receptions, 1,038 receiving yards, seven touchdowns, and 218.8 fantasy points. So the average fantasy production for 21-year-olds in the first round, like DJ Moore, jumped almost 35%. Uh, you know, that that's a huge jump, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Moore have a jump that's similar to that because it, he he had a very productive season in limited time last year, and I think if you give him get him out there for all 16 games as kind of that – 1A, 1B wide receiver, I think we're due for a big season for both of those guys. And I think that you can – one of those guys is going to be a league winner. Well, that definitely gives me more confidence knowing that I have him in the Scott Fish Bowl, which is uh, – especially with the scoring system where you get bonus points for 50 receiving yards, which I think these guys can easily – eclipse on uh, numerous occasions so dj moore in this kind of league may be like you said he may be one of those league winners so that's uh thanks for the confidence boost there <laughs> that's what i was that's what i was aiming for um and just real quick uh if you want to dive even deeper into the receiver group um just kind of how the rest of these guys hogan robinson how some of these guys are shaping up as well yeah, to me, it's it's kind of a, a real battle after the top three. I think that obviously DJ and Curtis are, are one and two, one A, one B. And then you have um, Jarius Wright, 
has kind of locked into that slot number three role, the possession guy. And then you have guys like Torrey Smith, Aldrick Robinson, Chris Hogan. To me, those three guys have real similar skill sets. So I think that one of those, uh, probably two out of three of those guys are, are going to step forward and, and get a roster spot. Aldrick Robinson has been, has looked probably the best out of those three thus far, but I think that's kind of been a matter of happenstance. Chris Hogan missed the last couple of days with some back tightness and Torrey Smith is still dealing with that knee injury that kept him, uh, that basically ruined his entire season last year, had mid season knee surgery, uh, went back into the game or was activated without being healthy at all uh, due to circumstance. And so I think that he is still kind of working himself back into shape. I talked to him a little bit on Thursday and he was like, you know, if there was a game, I'd be ready to go. But, um, but they want to hold me back and make sure that I'm, that I'm completely healthy before they put me in there a hundred percent during practice. So um, I think that uh, Aldrick Robinson has made some nice plays, has, and is a nice deep threat. And that's what they need. They need that deep threat to open up the, the rest of the field. And one more thing, if we're just talking, uh, I think that somebody to watch out for is Jaden Mickens. Uh, they signed him the day before camp starts, uh, has punt return experience, and has looked, you know, has made enough catches and has looked proficient at wide receiver enough um, to, I think, maybe get himself onto the roster simply because of that special teams ability. There you go. Nice little deep nugget there from Josh. Sounds good. Uh, that that was great stuff, Josh. Really appreciate it. Um, just want to thank you so much for taking time out to chat with me a little bit. Like I said, I was glad to finally get you on and uh, you delivered big time as I figured you would. So really appreciate it. Uh, if you got anything you want to plug, what's going on, wh- where the listeners can find you, go ahead and get uh, just spew out whatever you got going on. I'm ready. I got so many plugs. Uh, you can follow me on <laughs> Twitter at Josh Fine Rules. The Riot Report is at our Riot Report. We're at theriotreport.com. And if you like Panthers podcasts, if you listen to me jibber jabber about uh, uh, about Ross Cockrell and Jaden Mickens for 30 minutes, you probably do. Um, the Riot Network features uh, five different Carolina Panthers podcast comes out every day. Uh, not you should also listen to Locked On Panthers. But if you're looking for an, some additional uh, additional listening. Uh, it is what it is. Um, one day contract, the Roaring Riot podcast, not what you think. And the brand new uh, Carolina line featuring Al Wallace and Kevin Donnelly is coming out uh, next week, which we're really excited about. So you go on Apple Podcasts, just search for the Riot Network, and uh, you can see everything that we have to offer. And uh, I-, I encourage you to um, to check us out. Well, I appreciate the plug here, man. I uh means a lot coming from you. Uh, like I said, thanks so much, buddy. Really appreciate it. Hope to get you on again sometime. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Until next time, keep it locked here on Locked on Panthers. Follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And until next time, take care, my friends. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.